I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast, supported by LaCole, here with Benji Nyson for the most shambolic year at Italia, <laughs> stage 16 recap. Oh, my God. I can't believe What did we just watch? Actually, we didn't watch anything. So we're going to now try and piece together on this podcast what on earth happened today on this Monday public holiday for some of you. All right, this is how it started. Early start because it's going up to high altitude in May. So they're starting early, so they finish early, and it's going to be a long stage. Original stage, 212Ks with like 5,500 meters climbing, finishing in from Sicilia to uh, Cortina d'Ampezzo. Supposed to have La Crosetta, Paso Fedaia, Paso Porodoi, then Paso Giao, and then a descent to Cortina d'Ampezzo. It's going to be the hardest stage of cycling this year. We wake up, we start to hear a few little trickles few trickles on Twitter here and there. No official statements. I see apparently a meeting has been convened between CPA head, Salvatore, Rai, uh, RCS with Veni and the UCI Commissaires. And what was the first sort of rumour you heard, Benji, that maybe they were cancelling the final descent or something like that? Well, there were lots of rumours when it comes to the parkour. Some people were saying that they were thinking about first cancelling out the Fedaya climb, which was the... Uh, Second climb of the day, if you, uh, well, count from the start of the stage, because the first one of the day is not really the one we were looking for to start off this adventure on today's stage. But they were looking at that Fedaya because that descent is quite treacherous. And then we heard a bit more about the Pordoi. And then eventually we also heard about, just in general, a shortening of the stage. Very vague by lots of people. and Because of why? Also, okay. Um, why, why were they saying that? So the weather on top of these climbs were roughly, I think it was four to five degrees at the moment that they were starting to talk about it. And there was a tiny bit of snow as they were talking about it. The roads were wet in the sand because it has been raining. That's that's normal because, yeah, in races you tend to have wet descents sometimes. And those were the main reasons that everybody was thinking of. But the reason that Salvato brought forward was because of, the weather that could potentially change and not because of the weather that is currently going on, but it that, could get bad. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I've got the official communique. So eventually the stage was shortened and we eventually had a 153k stage taking out the middle two climbs with the new Chima copy being Paso Giao. So we have La Crosetta, 11k, 7%. A really long valley then falls flat of like 70, 80k's and then a descent into Cortina d'Ampezzo. So lot of confusing things and people not really saying the truth in my view today first of all the stage was not shortened due to the the extreme weather protocol being applied because i've got the official press communique from the giro d'italia they just say the stage been shortened that's it there's no nothing even on what venue the head of rcs what he said to on rye which is like their second methods of communicating to the public is it goes from venue to rye to la flamme rouge twitter translated into english and then to our eyes um <laughs> so even they weren't saying the extreme weather protocol had be apl- 
had been applied. And to remind you, the extreme weather protocol is applied when there's freezing rain, didn't have that, accumulation of snow on the road, never mentioned, strong wind, extreme temperatures, well, above freezing at five degrees, I wouldn't say is extreme up at those altitudes, you'd expect it almost, poor visibility and air pollution. So the extreme weather protocol wasn't applied. Even if there was disagreement, the RCS, the organiser, and the president of the UCI Commissaires has the last decision, not the CPA, on extreme weather protocol being applied. So what really was the reason for it being shortened, it came out when venue gave a bit more colour to it, was we were worried that it might be a bit weird today. We want the riders to like ride the race in full, and uh, we shortened it, which basically seems to me to be they shortened it because they don't want the breakaway to win again and they want a GC contender to win the race and to have a proper GC race, which is pretty bullshit reason for shortening it. According to all the riders, Caruso and Carthy beforehand, none of the riders, the riders weren't requesting that it was shortened. And yet their CPA representative, Salvato, who's supposed to be their mouthpiece, their union mouthpiece, has agreed with Venue to shorten the race, which is a little bit weird to me, Benji, because... Surely if someone speaking for you is doing something you don't agree with, he's just your collective voice, that doesn't really make sense to me. So I think there definitely must have been some riders not wanting to do the full stage, which fine, whatever. But it's just a bit annoying afterwards to have the teams now coming out saying, oh, we want to do the full stage. Of course we want to do the full stage. I think, do you think there's a little bit, Benji, of them being worried about the criticism they received after Morabeno last year uh, and they're trying to avoid that? I think that's the case, but also we had, before the stage started, a few teams already saying that. You said it, Caruso was one of the first riders to mention it, but also EF was a very uh, very forthcoming team about it. We heard that TJ Van Garderen this morning said to Garfield, looking outside of win- his window, it's raining, we can win the, the Giro today. And, um, well, Garfield at the interview at the start also said, I want to do the full 212k, like, I, I want to do all the climbs. So he was very clear about will it wanting to do that because he had plans for today. And that's what I hate most about this decision. Like, I'm all for safety. And I'm all for safety decisions that go for the riders and so forth. But always, I do feel bad for every single rider that had a plan for a day like today and was not able to put that plan out there because it, this decision influences the sporting merit of today's stage, in my honest opinion, and that really sucks. But, but if you're going to change it for safety, they didn't even. If you're going to change it for safety, yep. take out the descent to the finish. That's wow, what doesn't make do sense. They well, exactly. So you know safety is not as yeah because of money because Cortina yeah. D'Ampezzo paid for the finish in Cortina, so they take out the middle two and they still keep the descent finish rather than finishing on Paso Jao. In my view, it's safer to have the descents off Fadaya and Portadoi because, and then finish on the top of Passage now because the descents might be controlled because the race might not have opened up on those descents. Whereas you've got the descent at the end, people are going to take risks, one would think. So this decision doesn't seem to me to have been taken entirely because of safety. It's just another view, which we're going to get to, is that perhaps Rye said to RCS, we're going to really struggle to broadcast any of this today and RCS decided to shorten it as well. But anyway, it was shortened. It is what it is. Maybe we'll more information will come out, but it was very weird to have a shortened stage because extreme weather may have happened. I mean, if that's the case, it's going to be difficult to schedule proper high mountain stages in the year ever, ever again in the future because, of course, that can happen. Maybe, Benji, they needed Lacole jackets to keep them warm 
on this stage. If you want to check out our show partner, LaCole, they don't have anyone in World Tour right now. Maybe they need to drop LaCole to do the full stage today, Benji, in the LaCole kit. You can get 20% off using LRCP20, the code, also on top of already discounted items. But yeah, check out the LaCole kit. They support the podcast. They produce at the base of Monte Grappa in Bassano del Grappa, which we saw a couple of days ago, the Cittadella start in the Giro, the Zonkaland stage, and they got some new mountain drops for the uh, for the mountains for summer in Europe, which I'm now in. I've just got a few of them, and I'm ready to test them out in the mountains in Andorra. Thanks, Lacole, for supporting the podcast. How are you feeling about your picks of Almeida, etc., Benji? How did that change the sporting aspect of the race? More likely for a break to win, less likely because less time to control. What did it change? Ah, it, it, it's difficult. I was already a bit doubting yesterday whether a team would control and so forth. But all in all, I think that the breakaway that did potentially form, we'll talk about it in a second, would... Oh, no, go for it. Who was it? Okay, who was in the breakaway? It was a pretty large breakaway, including the likes of Dan Martin, pretty close in GC. Almeida was in the breakaway. Nibali, Pedrero, we had Jorge Izaguirre. We also had Formulo in Gebra- there. A Gebra- bunch Gebra- of other Gebra- riders. Nibali. Yeah, Gebrag Zabir, that's correct, as a domestique for Nibali. And uh, the last ones I named there, Gebrag Zabir, Nibali, Almeida, uh, Formulo and Izaguirre and Pedrero, those riders, those were able to drop the other contenders in the breakaway on the first cloud of the day, just on the first cloud of the day. And, well, Almeida and Nibali in the breakaway, I was pretty hyped about it. Almeida for the pick, Nibali, because he's the GOAT. And... Um, well, that's just my opinion. I'll just add that. <laughs> anyway, um, after the uh, first climb, they had that tiny lead on the next group, but that lead just kept on expanding because the second group ain't going to work together. But in the peloton, well, you've got Dan Martin in the breakaway or had in the front breakaway on the first climb. You had Almeida in the breakaway, and he's still on roughly four minutes ahead of the peloton, expanding to five minutes. Ineos starts pacing. Ghana starts hammering it after that first climb. So, indeed, the thing is more about who was in the breakaway than the stage itself. And if there's dangerous people in the breakaway, then the peloton's going to pace. If there's no dangerous people in the breakaway, the peloton's not going to pace. And I think that's what we saw today because the second that Ineos caught that second group with Dan Martin and so forth, they didn't pace that much anymore because another team took over and that was Evadication first. So, just like that, Evadication first was probably pretty worried about Almeida in the breakaway, four minutes ahead, four minutes 50, because that could take over the spot for Garfi and GC. So you've got all these little games, and I'm not sure whether EF did it to try and catch Almeida again, or they did it to try and go for the stage, but it's very coincidental that it's just that that moment. So I don't know. I think that it's more about who was in the breakaway compared to the stage itself uh, being an influence personally. Yeah, it looked like it just meant there was less time for, or there's that long valley, which would have made it easier for riders like Ghana and Moston yep. to control. I thought the break had a decent chance, but the problem was they were, were on those eight minutes, etc. At this point, we started to get some coverage issues dropping in and out. Uh, I'm not sure when they started exactly. To be honest, I was pretty pissed off at how the whole day had gone, gone about. On the and first glam already? 
yeah, the coverage started dropping out. I was like, what What am I doing, like, watching this? And then I was like, actually, you get paid to do this. So I was like, I better watch it. But, I mean, <laughs> but for you guys, like, what are you doing watching this, wasting your day, five hours or whatever? And it's, you know, we'll talk in detail about the coverage issues later. But, it, yeah, it was disappointing to have that. The, the, the stage changed for weird reasons and muddied reasons and then to have coverage drop out was really disappointing. Eventually, yeah, EF pacing, and when EF started pacing, you're like, break's done because Gabregs would be a massive job for Nibali. He's pulling so hard all day, but then EF made that big difference with TJ. Actually, TJ Van Garderen on the flat was really good in that valley, bringing that gap down, and they had the gap at about four minutes before this little climb, before uh, the Caprile, the Colle Santa, Santa Lucia, I think, before Paso Jao. They brought that gap to about three minutes. They kept pacing. Then the gap was at like 140. There was a descent before Paso Jao. We saw Pedrero attack on that descent because he probably knows he's not as strong on the climbs as, say, Almeida or Formolo. And he was followed by Gluck Izaguirre, who nearly came off the road and ran into the back of a car. He nearly hurt himself very badly, just managed to save it. And so the break gets onto Paso Jao in dribs and drabs, and they're like all doing their own teeth. They're all like 10 metres away from each other. Almeida, Formolo goes clear in a big ring, massive pain face. Pedrero's getting caught. Um, and, well, like, they're stuffed. They're absolutely cooked. I think Nibali had been dropped. They were down to 120. EF still pacing. I think then with Betiol at the base of Paso Jao, huge work from him. They're minus Ruben Guerrero too. And then it was Simon Carr time, Benji. And, I mean, explain to people maybe who weren't watching the preseason races, where have we seen him perform well before? And, and a little bit of background about well, Simon Carr. <laughs> I'll, I'll call him Simon Carr. And uh, I found it I found it pretty crazy that I was doing that because I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to draft behind the car. Okay, oh, sorry. Oh, mate. Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we know Car from, I think, February to the Provence. Um, he was doing well there. I think Bessege was actually the one. Marseillaise too. Marseillaise too, yes. One of those races or two of those races he was performing well in, attacking very uh, vividly from the from the uh, elite group going into the last few hills in those races. We know that he can climb. We know that he can climb decently on pretty longer climbs as well, not necessarily only the 1K climbs. So, yeah, genuinely a really good performance that he set up today, even being there at that point, knowing that basically everybody was gone and we didn't see what happened. So, <laughs> well, he, Simon Carr, we, we, yeah. It, it, it cuts out. We've got Almeida or, or, form, or I think like 30 seconds or Pedro, 30 seconds ahead of them. We know the GC group is going to win the stage at that point on the halfway up Paso Jao. Coverage cuts out. And we're like, what the hell is going on? Gone. Comes back a second later. We see a GC group of like five, six riders, Carr, Carthy, Martinez, uh, Bernal, Caruso, and Yates just hanging off the back and Roman Bardet. So group of seven, Yates just yo-yoing off the back. Coverage goes out again. We're like, what the hell is going on? Coverage comes back. And we see they seem to have caught – no, they haven't caught the break yet. We see that Martinez is on the front. Carr is gone. Carthy hasn't attacked. Yates has been dropped. And Bernal is attacked. They're like, what the hell? And it looks like Bernal's spoken to Martinez and Martinez wasn't feeling so good. He attacks. That gaps. I think everyone except Carthy initially, coverage cuts out again. And we don't know what's happening. Comes back five minutes later. Bernal is on his own. We've never seen this race-winning attack. Three seconds of footage goes out again. 
And uh, that's pretty much all the rest of the images we saw. I mean, if you want to watch the stage in full, the best option, I think, is to watch Benji's Pro Cycling Manager video. Probably more exciting, <laughs> to be honest, than the absolute fast. Or I guess I don't even have the Corvos photos right now. I mean, some of the Corvos photos are probably the best way to watch this race. I mean, what a disgrace to have all the, the riders, you know, training for so long. Like, stage shortening aside, okay, that's a minor issue and it probably was safer what they did. Fine, that's fine. But to have riders still doing dangerous conditions, they're out there in the cold, sponsors are paying millions of euro for them for the exposure at these races. It's supposed to be the second biggest race in the world to have literally no coverage, pretty much no coverage of the second half of Passageau, no coverage of the descent. So apparently we saw Bernal went ahead on the – he crested Zhao with like 40 seconds on Caruso, 35 on Caruso, 45 on Bardet. Yates was gone, 240 back. Evanapol gone, like he's like 20 minutes back. Almeida doing okay, but – and then nothing on the descent. And we're waiting to, for Bernal. Like, are we just going to see him when he comes into town? Pretty much. So after all that, the GC winning attack for the day and the stage winning attack, didn't see it. And we just see Bernal come into town. What an anticlimax, taking off his jacket um, and winning like 30 seconds ahead of Caruso. But yeah, who's what's at play with this coverage, Benji? I saw you were watching some Instagram live feed. Like, is, is it true there's no 4G signal up there? I know that's not true. Um, so they had the plane, the plane wasn't able to take off again. And then they had the 4G for a bit, and the 4G kept falling away. And there was one guy, Igor is his name, on uh, Instagram. His name is Igor Tavela. And he was able to broadcast without any issue and even said live as an answer to my question. I asked, are you broadcasting through 4G, 3G, whatever, Wi-Fi in the neighborhood? I don't know. And he said he had very strong Wi-Fi, a uh, very strong 4G on top of the Passo And to be honest, the extra thing towards that, they shortened the stage due to change in weather. And the weather did change. The snow stopped. So, yeah. It's a real shame. Like, uh, yeah, I, you can probably hear my disappointment. You know, the, I just really want to see the Giro d'Italia and who to blame. RCS have to be blamed. I don't feel like they're some sort of victim. RCS are receiving millions of millions of euro from broadcasters, etc., cetera, uh, for the rights to show the Giro d'Italia and they cannot consist. consist how, how many times? How many times during this year at Italia, Benji, have I said, well, maybe Eurosport really should get a reduced fee? So that, you know, This is not just in the mountains. It's not just when there's extreme conditions. A bit of light rain coverage fucked. A bit of whatever coverage gone. They don't even film the sprints properly at the end. And it's like, why do you keep using Rye, who are the host broadcasts, if they can't do it? UCI for Imola Worlds last year didn't use Rye. I wonder why they didn't use Rye, because they didn't think they could do it properly. They used another host, maybe the Dutch one, Benji. Um, you might know better, but it's just a joke. And I think the only solution if they're going to keep using rise, don't have stages in the high mountains in May. Otherwise, I mean, and then it comes down to Cortina, which is in town. They still have no, surely they have 4G signal in Cortina d'Ampezzo and they're just having to use the fixed cameras. So, I mean, I know there was a lot of like, there is a funny side of it. Like the memes on Twitter were funny about like, I think Naira Quintana and Green had like Mikel Lander appearing out of the mist, you know, with a steel chair to win the stage. And that is all funny, but um, <laughs> I just think it's a real shame. And it, it kind of makes the race a bit of a joke. And if the RCS want the Giro to be treated as seriously as the Tour and other races, then 
broadcast it better or if the person you're having broadcast can't do the job properly find someone else or find a solution um so yeah i don't really feel sorry for them feel sorry for the riders pretty much any other thoughts on that benji yeah i feel the same and uh to the extreme to the fact that with every drop of rain we know that the eye coverage is going to drop and a lot of people will be pointing at oh they can't put their plane in the air but like with every raindrop so far, we've had the coverage drop. I don't Not believe even that every raindrop is causing extreme weather above the bloody airplane a- airport. And even next to that, everybody else in other countries are able to broadcast in rain. Why is Ryan not able to do that? Additionally, funniest part of all that I heard from someone that is doing LFR, La Flamme Rouge on Twitter. Um, they had a basketball game in Italy a few uh, weeks ago inside a palace and due to the weather outside of the palace Ryan was unable to broadcast the event as well <laughs> so it's not cycling only for them <laughs> today we had a, a like a one one race or something in France that was in the mountains yep. and had rain perfect coverage I think uh the Mercantour Classic uh Matter team uh, Tour de Romandie a couple of weeks ago terrible conditions raining we had almost perfect coverage also going up to you know 2,000 meters, 2,100 meters in 2,000. So it seems to me that maybe there's some sort of geographic reason. Maybe someone with more technical knowledge can say, does Italy have weird aviation laws that do not allow the planes to fly? Are they using outdated planes? What's the answer? Because this is a continual problem. And yeah, I, I wouldn't blame people for turning off, their, turning off their TV. And I feel bad for Egan Bernal as well. Hopefully they've recorded some of the images. But here's actually, we'll go back to what sort of happened with the race. Coming behind Egan Bernal, not massive gaps. Bardet, second, huge for him. He caught Caruso on the descent. Third Caruso, same time as Bardet. Ciccone, fourth. I, I'm nearly going to write him a formal apology to him and his family, but I'm not quite yet. He's fourth on 118. Carthy, 119. Almeida, Matt hit 121. He'd kept going from the break. Vlasov had like a jacket issue, apparently on the climb. It yeah. was at 2.11, Izaguirre, 2.31, before the climb. And that, that just put him out for Passageau. And we, we, we don't know. <laughs> Benji and I don't know what happened. It was attacked yeah. by a dragon at the bottom. Could happen. Formolo, 9th, 2.33, same time as Tobias Foss. Simon Yates losing 2.37 to Egan Bernal. Other GC victims, uh, don't really know. GC the big changes. Yates moves down. He's on 420 behind Bernal now. He moves down to fifth. Caruso jumps up on 224. Carthy, probably not the outcome they wanted, but he still jumps up too because of Lasso yep. and Yates having a bad day on 340. Ciccone, 431 near of and Yates. Uh, Bardet moves up two to seventh on five minutes. Martinez on eighth. Foss moves up. Almeida moves up tenth on ten minutes. Uh, but yeah, what about... Who's the big winner and the loser today, Benji? Bernal, obviously, but any other ones? Bade? I think Caruso is definitely uh, one of the bigger winners today. Caruso is still in second now in GC, or was third, I think, before he... uh, Yes, was third before the stage. He's now in second on 224 in GC, and that is 116 ahead of anybody else. And he's got a better time trial. So Caruso is destined for the second spot in the Giro, and I bloody love that because so many times he has to start as domestique. Sometimes his leader falls out and he has to take over. He takes up the mantle and he bloody well does it. Does it. Like Damiano Caruso, genuinely, oh, the overperformance of this entire Giro by far at the moment. And I love it. 
Tobias Faust, really good performance. And as expected, Dan Martin unable to beat those likes of riders like Afoz and Nalmeida because the, the sends are there. I put it on Twitter yesterday, going through the entire Dan Martin debacle again. And I looked at the entire stage that was planned to happen and all those ascents weren't making him, yeah, not going to come into the top 10 by the end of this uh, Giro. And it, it seems to be like that in the end as well. Felipe Martinez, Daniel Felipe Martinez with a really good performance. Bardet indeed moving up a lot and also saving himself a bit because, well, he's now 2 minutes 20 ahead of us. And that means that NGC has got a bit more of a margin going into that final time trial as well. But we're not there yet. We've got stages beforehand. And uh, I think Almeida is definitely a, a big mental winner in the team of the Koenig. I think sure. that Remco topped the Paso Jao with 20 minutes behind. He finished on 25 minutes today. Uh, he was dropping, I think, just after the first climb of the day. So definitely a horrendous day for the lad. Um, I think he's not going to start after the rest day, personally. I they should take know. him out. They got yeah. they, 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 I thought he was going to get in the car. Portuguese um, fans are going to fume if they take him out if he doesn't work for Almeida now. He finished the stage 24 minutes behind Bernal. What's the point? Yeah, um, I get it. I agree. And yet, just because they made the mistake probably with Almeida doesn't mean they still shouldn't take him out. It's a waste of his yep. time being there now unless he does go for stages. Almeida, I feel sorry for him for sure, but he also lost that time. And when yep. you lose the time... Yeah, you're putting yourself in that tricky situation. We yeah. do have some more. The Giro wait, is wait, not wait. necessarily over. It's not, no, I have it's something not over to yet, add though. for him. Oh, yeah, I've Almeida. got something to add for Almeida. And the thing is, I expect a lot of people to be like, oh, but they shouldn't have gone for Remco then after Almeida last time. But that's a, like that's a hind, hindsight 2020 uh, discussion because Almeida lost four minutes on the first proper climbing stage of this Giro. It was the wisest decision from the Koenig to not go from him for him from that point onwards. They had no knowledge on what his performance was going to be after that. And yeah. he performed better than expected. And Emko performed very well for the first week. So that decision seemed to work out very well in the first week. But just towards the second week, that Montalcino stage blew up at Emko. And I think by the by the stage after Montalcino stage, was that already Zoncolan? I think there was one before that was a bit mountains where Emko lost time as well. And the point there is that from that point onwards, you know that it's the legs. Until Montalcino, you know that it could be bike handling, it could be that. We said it on the podcast that evening. And from the stage after it, that you lost time on the climbing sections themselves, that's where you know it's the legs. Should we even pull back Almeida on Zonkulan, for example, which they did? I don't know. That was perhaps the lesser decision, in my opinion. But that's also hindsight looking at uh, the stage of it as well. Yeah, but. It's not like Foss and Bennett. We yeah. disagree with when Foss had done a good job and he's up there dropping him back, then we sort of disagree with that. But Almeida had lost the time, so it's like it, it's tough in hindsight to criticise that too much. Uh, this year it might not necessarily be over. Bernal's gap on GC, 224 to Caruso. I know it looks over. And yes, he is the short, short favourite to win. But we've got some tough stages to come. We've got the rest day tomorrow. And then straight after that, we've got a 194k stage, which has got 15k's at 7.6%. Uh, the Paso San Valentino descent, and then straight into 11.5k's at 10% with some steep sections. I mean, that's probably just means Bernard will gain more time. But, you know, it takes one bad day. We'll, re- we'll preview the rest of the third week in more detail in our rest day recap tomorrow. Just some 
I guess, final thoughts, Benji, to flesh out the, the other two. I just saw on Twitter, CPA Cycling tweeted, congratulations to all riders who honoured the Queen stage of the Giro and RCS Sport for accepting the athlete's request to shorten it. At the end, there was no lack of entertainment and safety was guaranteed. I mean, uh, it doesn't say the reason to shorten it. So it seems to be a dangerous precedent now to be shortening stages the morning of it because of no extreme weather protocol. I know we're relitigating this issue from the start, but this kind of this is either a power grab by CPA cycling because they're trying to compete and show they're better than the riders' union, or the athletes did request to shorten it, or a couple requested, and they're like, this is our opportunity to flex our muscles. And just the language they're using is a bit weird, who honoured the queen stage of the Giro. And I think that goes to what RCS won't have been happy about recently, the last couple of weeks, which is the breakaways keep winning and there's no GC action, which is the worst for interest in the race. We know that from the podcast metrics when the breakaway wins and Ineos and the Peloton ride in after no attacks with eight minutes behind, that's there's limited interest in that stage uh, generally. And I think it's – honestly, I think the tweet from CBA is complete bullshit. Safety wasn't guaranteed any more so than having those descents. I mean, they had a wet descent into Cortina d'Ampezzo that was pretty sketch off Paso Jao, snowbanked, and there was no entertainment because we couldn't see shit. So, yeah, any, anything you'd like – any last thoughts you'd like to have on today? The coverage, Benji, the, the shortening, you know, how are you feeling? A bit of a sour taste in your mouth or you're a bit like, more lighthearted than me about these things, I guess? Yeah, it has a sour taste in the mouth. It headed the Giro, in my opinion. Like, honestly, I feel like that. And uh, I think the only thing that saved it for me was the fact that I was able to make memes on Twitter about it. And I very much enjoyed that. But um, it's it's a disgrace for cycling today. Like, I, I, I don't get it. I, also, the coverage. Like, like we the, the coverage is more of a disgrace, I think. Do you think it... The fans, because there's a lot of people who are like, I personally, when I see photos of the guys riding in the snow from 25 years ago, I don't, I think that's ridiculous. They shouldn't, you can't be requiring people to do that. Um, but you have to draw a line somewhere. And if there's snow on the road, extreme weather protocol applies, 100% cancel it, neutralize it, all for that. Uh, but I just think it's, it's weird what they what they've done today, and it just seems to me that Venye or Rai or something needs to change, or Venye he seems to have no power. Um, to say, no, we're going to do the full stage. And, okay, here's, let's end it on a fun note, Benji. What's your best conspiracy theory for what happened today, and uh, it, which can include what happened on the final climb, which we didn't see? I think that they knew in advance that the coverage was going to be so bad. Don't steal mine. That, oh, okay, it's yours. Okay, I'll let you share <laughs> go, it then. Go, go. <laughs> okay. I, I think that they knew in advance that the coverage was going to be so bad on every single climb, we wouldn't see anything from the rains anyway. And therefore, they decided to take out two of the climbs to not have it be that obvious. But I think that they made a mistake in their logic there. I think they should have just pretended like the stage was like it was, have the riders stop in the middle for a good half an hour, an hour, for the time it should take to take the Fidaya and the Pordoi, pretend to the people all around that they're riding up the Fidaya and the Pordoi. <laughs> And we would never have realized it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe they did it in record time, Benji, and we just yeah. didn't see it. Yeah. Maybe Bernal just set the record on both those climbs. I don't know. My, my theory is similar to that. And also, 
add to the mix CPA trying to flex their power, add to the mix RCS and venue. I mean, we're seeing a lot of these honor the race, honor the race stuff, weirdly, also in the CPA's language. I think that is to do with they were really, really concerned that Ineos would let a 15-minute gap go out to the break today and there'd be – but the, I don't know why they were concerned about that because there would have been GC action. So it must have – the RCS stuff must have played into it as well. Maybe the pros can let us know as well. I mean, hopefully – were there any crashes today either? Um, but it just seems to – I think venue – if I was – RCS at the top, I'd be like, you, you can't manage you can't manage this properly. He's leaving at the end the, of the year, apparently. Yeah, he just the rules are the rules. Like if the extreme weather protocol doesn't apply and it's safe and and you know you have the ultimate say and, and Rye can cover it, do the full stage. If it does apply, stop it. If it starts to apply during the stage, neutralize the descent or stop the race. I think yeah, weird, weird today. But we'd love to hear what you think down below. Uh, we'll, if you hit us up with any questions, we can respond in the rest day pod tomorrow. We love to answer questions. If you want to ask, is the Giro over? Any other questions from the first two weeks? Um, and basically, maybe let us know what did you do today when you were trying to watch the race? What did you flick to? Were you on Twitter? I watched the uh, Lupin first season on Netflix. Um, yeah, let us know that. But otherwise, we'll see you for the rest day recap tomorrow. And uh, yeah, ciao.